Well, hello, good afternoon, good morning, and good evening, wherever you are around the world. Coming to us here in our little Zoom world for the My Love of Golf podcast episode on probably what is one of the most significant weeks in golf in a long time, barring majors, barring all of the different winners that uh, can pop up in majors and set new standards, set new benchmarks. Well, this week's another benchmark week in golf and we're going to talk about that a great week for golf in australia with the win of min g lee in the u.s women's open but a whole load of other stuff going along the guys are waiting so let's bring them in Gentlemen, good evening. How are we, uh, Mike? I'll go to you first. Uh, uh, big fan. Big, there are a lot of fans for the, for this last week. Mike, Mike, Mike. A lot of fans for that. I'm um, not sure that if you were one of them, but uh, a lot of fans <laughs> uh, sending us information about uh, the success of your new theme tune. I uh, couldn't get out of their heads for anywhere up to about three to four days. Uh, people was, were reporting in that, uh, but um, I think that might have augured well for a few people that did take on some of your tippage. Um, mm. Yeah, your your fans, the brethren of the uh, the Magic Mike. That uh, it was a pretty good week for the Magic Mike. Them. Um, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, it was a good week. The PGA Tour didn't deliver, but um, Minji did, which was great. And we we're all all aboard the Minji train, which was great, which was fantastic. Which was fantastic. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't turn it off. That song keeps no, on. Let's keep playing. It's, it's uh, just like an earworm. <laughs> speaking of songs. I think the Rocket Man might have a fair bit of contribution for tonight's episode. Uh, there's a lot of, as I said in the intro, there's a lot of stuff happening. It's a significant week in golf, obviously. Huge. Obviously, we're talking about the dawn of the live golf era. And the more you think about it, the more you try and wrap your head around the context of what that series might mean for the world of professional golf, for the world of golf entertainment. Um there's so many webs that you can go along. Do we want to? How do we want to? How do we want to run? Are we going to go live straight away? Are we going to talk about? Probably let's talk about um, you know Australia's latest major champion Minji Lee. Oh, I'm good, thank you. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, when I, <laughs> that's right. When I play the music, that's your introduction, your opportunity to talk, rather than me doing all of the talking. Uh, my apologies, Rocket. Sorry, you are the star. Of the sh- you are the star of the show, the genuine star. Uh, I just, I just push the buttons. Um, how are you, mate? You good? Let's let's rewind that. Are you good? I, I'm good. It's been a busy week. Actually, it's been a busy 24 hours. My my boss is away uh, for a month of um, leave. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've taken over reins, not only my own job, but then the rest of the country. So life came at me quite hard today. And um, so I'm still wired. So who knows what rocket you're going to get today? Could be a bit loose. Okay. Well, that the- won't be anything out of the ordinary, but... You know, I could be a bit jumpy, excited. Uh, well, you are the internet security guru of the team and uh, now by uh, admission of your boss going on holidays and you taking over Australia, you're the internet boss, uh, security boss of Australia. Uh, just looking after the world, Roscoe, just looking after the world. Uh, if you are tuning into the YouTube channel, thank you. I think we might have picked up another one or two subscribers this week. You know, it's, it's a slow burn, but we do appreciate you if you come across and want to see us in the flesh. Well, three good-looking Like, men. subscribe share share with your friends 
<laughs> and we promise Ross will send me the list of um, subscribers this week so I can give away some prizes. I can probably do it while we're doing this. Um, three impressive units on the YouTube channel. Uh, if you look at Rocket's background, he's um, hiding the big pile of cash in uh, front of Phil. So that's that famous picture that uh, Phil where he was playing the, the match against Tiger and they both had a bit of a joke about taking the hordes of cash. Well, uh, to Phil, it's... um. It's come. It has actually come to, to, to fruition. Money. Yeah. And uh, anyway, let's let's get on with the run sheet. So the run sheet this week is uh, we'll talk about the U.S. Women's Open where Australia's Minjili did win her second major. Uh, I won't have any of that chat that the Avion is not a legitimate major. I've heard other podcasts talk about it being a half a major, non-legitimate in the women's golf game. They have five majors. They call the Avion. She won it. It's a second major now. She is well established as one of Australia's great women golfers. She is a genuine, absolute superstar. Both of you guys called it last week. You talked about it and uh, were very buoyant about her chances. Obviously, as a top 10 golfer for a long time now, um, you know, 26 years old, you know, she's just got so much great golf ahead of her. It's uh, very exciting to think about the prospects of Australian women's golf, uh, the influence of Minji Lee. So many young women and even men look up to Minji as a player and she you know, had a couple of hiccups. We talked about it, Rocket. You know, you and I talked about, you know, her ability to finish and her ability to get close and then just fall over the edge. You know, maybe this is just the the, the win that she needed that's just going to, you know, she, she can go three, she can go four, she can go five, maybe more. Who knows? What do you think? She's a star. You don't have to look at her stats. Like we talked about it, you know, it's the, it was the everything. It's like her form and everything trending. You know, it's probably a bit, of a different data like we've got to dive into for this one, but her form was trending and this was, this was the perfect course for her. It was about not, you don't have to be the longest, but she's long, but her iron play is just second to none. And she was like, she's been on and you could see her trending with the rest of her game, chipping, putting around the greens. And if you go look at the stats, she was I think there's only one of the key ones. She was outside of the top 10. She was, I think she hit like 83% of her fairways. Remember the women hit a lot, but I think the leader hit 96% of her fairways. So she's in the top 10 on that. Um, from uh, greens in regulation, I think she was nearly at like 76, 77%. She was in the top five. Uh, and then putting, I think she was in the top 15. So she just had... She's had an electric week. And the thing is, that because of her iron play, especially on this course, right, it's a ball striker's paradise. And this is why Mike and I jumped on this one and said, this is just perfect for her because it's Donald Ross style, testing every club in the bag and also can the player hit shots. And if you want, anyone watches the telecast, you can see that the greens were small, they're, they're as they would refer to them, like Pinehurst, they're you know upside down sources. So you you've got small targets. The green might be small, but the target's even smaller again because of all the runoffs and fall offs and things like that. So if you're not in the fairway, you're not right in the right part of the fairway. You're going to make it really hard for yourself. And you know she came straight out of the gate. Her first two rounds were immaculate, and then she just really put the hammer down in the in the third round and the fourth round was just one of those just except for the last few holes 
um, it was just a clinic, really. It's a clinic. And people could talk about the fact that she, you know, she broke the scoring record, the aggregate scoring record, which was previously held by Julie Inkster, I think it was. And they go, oh, you know, there's a lot of low scoring. But you actually have a look at it. You know, she won by, was it five in the end with a bogey on the last? So she'd like had a literally six-shot lead. And then you look at the separation between the rest of the field. That's what it is with majors. Those courses are there to separate the players who are the best at their game that week. That's what it is. And that's what yeah. happened. She was she separated herself from the rest of the field. It was a dominant performance. And all I can say is thank you, Minji, because I won a Minwoo. <laughs> oh, I did. That's funny. Um, the reason why it's funny, and I'll explain. So... We don't talk about gambling. You know, Mike gives us some great information. For those of you that want to use Mike's tips for, you know, whatever purpose is used for, we'll go forth and, and do that. Uh, but, you know, the fact is two of the team here have wages on, on the golf. So, But we don't talk about it in currency. We don't talk about it. We don't share, among, even amongst each other, we don't share who won what and how much. But, um, you know, there is a general colloquial sort of currency uh, discussion and one level of currency is a Minwoo Lee because Minwoo was the first one to deliver significant pay dirt for the guys. Value, significant so, value. Significant value. And uh, so there is a sort of internally known value to a Minwoo, um, you know, and people have asked what what is the value of a Minwoo. Well, it's probably, you know. Maybe could, they have to pay to find out what that is. <laughs> maybe they have to pay. Anyway, um, there you go. Uh, that's the reason why. Rocket has explained he won a Min Woo exactly. Lee on a Min on a Min G win. <laughs> um, well, what a great family of golfers, you know, and they just love each other. They support each other, you know. Min Woo just obviously is in awe of the achievements of his sister and wants to emulate that, and probably will at some stage. Let's hope. Um, there's some great stuff going around this week. You know, there's one picture that caught my eye. I love kids, and uh, there was that little picture of. You know, junior when they yeah. when they were like little kids, yeah, yeah junior Min and even more junior Min Woo, and uh, it was just uh, it's just great. So I loved it. You know, the thing about Minji Minji's win, and I didn't watch a lot of it, but what I watched was enough to gather that the USJ set the course up to change during the sort of tournament. You know, it played a little easier in the first few days, and then got obviously the last day was quite tough, and for her to you know maintain her position and not falter and, you know, shoot even par. Yeah, okay, with a couple of wibbly wobblies. But, um, you know, with a hot field of Jin Young Ko, Lydia Ko, um, Choi, you know. Good to see Good to see Nelly back as well. Nelly back from, uh, you know, four months away and contending. Um, great. Really, really wrapped. And yeah. Australian golf's in a good position with uh, Minji at the, oh. at the helm and, and everyone and, else is and, following in the footsteps. And Minji with those shades, like she looks gangster. Like she was like, if you got to say the other thing as well, she really just looked like an absolute cool cat. Hmm. Like really, she looked like a cool cat out there. Yeah, like, final round, she looked cool. I mean, I think, yeah, you, you both summed it up. I mean, her, her her ability her, her the key to her game is strokes gained approach. She's she's hitting greens right, and on those greens, as you said, Ross, it got harder and faster as the week went on, and to still be hitting greens and getting the ball to stay where it needed to stay takes talent. Like it's one thing to be able to hit a green when it's a bit soft. It's another thing to know where to hit it onto a green and let it roll out to the point where you're comfortable. And she had a great week putting. You know, she's never she she does lose strokes putting. But it's because she hits a lot of greens. You know, if she was do, if she if she parts like that every week, she'd win every week. It just doesn't work that way in golf. No, but no. Uh, 
no, she she was unbelievable, and, and you're right, Rocket. Those um shades that, that she um was wearing, she uh, I don't know whether they might have been like a poker player, whether she's just trying to make sure she was um putting a little bit of facade up, but gee, she looked cool. It, it looked awesome, and and here's the thing: I recommend to anyone listening to this the the great thing that USGA is doing, especially with it's kind of mirroring a little bit of the thing that Masters are doing. You can go to the USGA site, go to the 2002 Women's Open, you can go to Minji Lee and you can watch every hole and every shot that she hit for all four rounds. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And just remember, think about, you know, she had a five-shot five lead and she was on that par 5 15th and she's 270 and she's hit like a five-wood and just absolutely – she. no one would have like – no one would have said anything different if she just went, oh, I'm going to just lay it up and then hit a wedge. Nah, she was still just foot, foot to the floor, just all gas, no break, and just absolutely just flushing it. And that's you got to give it a credit that she's, whether it be her or a caddy, just going, do you know what? Let's not let up. Let's just keep going because last thing you want to do is play negative and, and tentative. I, I wanted her to lay up because I didn't want her to make any more birdies because I was in a Callaway South Pacific tipping comp and I'd oh, no. Minji to win at 11 under <laughs> and it was going to win one of the staff bags. And so that was pretty much the one thing I was very intent on trying to collect this week. But 13 doesn't do it. So. Uh, well, Minji Lee is, of course, a full bag uh, Strixon slash Cleveland player. Uh, Strixon Cleveland being the uh, same parent company of uh, Dunlop Strixon Sports. Um, and she plays the ZX Woods, uh, fairway fair driver, fairway metal. Uh, she plays the ZX7 iron um, up until last week. There was a set of ZX7 irons sitting over there and uh, and some Cleveland RTX wedges, and she's just a full bag. And she doesn't use whiteout. And she definitely doesn't no. use whiteout. Now, um, now, guys, sorry to interrupt. I've got it. We've got, we, we might, I'm not sure if we'll edit this out. We're taking a phone call here, and it is a special guest that might be joining us all the way from London. Hold on. He's a special guest. Anytime he joins us, he joins us a number of times. It is David Blake, the guru of Golf Rules, the Golf Rules Questions guy, a uh, great mate of mine, also has his own podcast, the Golf Rules Questions podcast, which uh, I used to be a part of and um, will be a part of again one day. But Blakey is a special guest because he's overseas. He's He, is, he could be possibly doing one of the first interviews about live golf from the Centurion Club. So we've got Blakey live from the Centurion Club in the UK at the Live Golf Series where he is one of the tournament referees. Blakey, welcome back to the Mile of Golf Podcast. How are you? Uh, very good, Rusko. Thank you. Um, hello to all the listeners again. Bro, what are you doing over there? What's going on? You are, you know, when did you become a Live Golf guy? Uh, I just love running golf tournaments and it seems that this golf tournament for whatever reason, has attracted some high-profile and high-quality golfers. And rules officials. And rules officials. The number one followed rules official in uh, golf around the world. Hey, don't get slugged. Yeah, it's like a slugger white there. It's like a slugger white there? He'd be like the tournament referee, wouldn't he? He is, yes, chief referee. So slugger's your boss. Yep. Did you did you ever think when we were, you know, like a couple of years, rewind all those conversations we had, Blake, you know, like in the early stages of lockdown, what are we doing, where are we going, how are we got to do, what are we doing with the podcast, what are you doing with your golf rules, you've got to get back out of the tournament. Did you ever think in your wildest dreams at that stage that, like, you know, this soon on Slugger White would be your boss? Not working for Golf Australia, I'll tell you that. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you've gone rogue, real rogue. 
I love it. Uh, yeah, I just I just like running golf tournaments and uh, and bigger ones the better. So, Blakey, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm live golf this week, but the uh, Asian Tour last week was fantastic as well. So, yeah, well, let, let's rewind so you can help us recap um, because that was just. It was on TV. It was just another one of the many uh, golf viewing options on last week. What happened last week at the, uh, what did you call, what was the tournament called? The European International, something like that, was it? Uh, it's called the International Series England. Sorry. So what happened? And, Give us uh, a So, yeah, so uh, it was pretty tough out there, and a lot of the holes were layup holes, um, either through dog legs or a creek that runs through the um, course. So they've got a lot of penalty areas crossing Fairways where people were just hitting hybrids or three woods or two irons just to get to the landing zone and then um, possibly hitting five, six, seven. Uh, some actually into that ninth hole, especially. That was a, that's a bloody tough hole. Um, they're hitting two iron, two iron or uh, three wood, two iron in some cases. And that's just par four, so very difficult hole. And the 18th as well. Um, you could sort of hit it down there with like a three iron and it would roll out sort of 40 metres. But then you're hitting, yeah, six or seven iron. Um, and Travis Smythe almost got over the line. He really played well, had hold some awesome putts on 16, 17, and then just had an absolute shocking shot on the 18th hole. So uh, who won in the end? It was uh, Siwan Kim? No, who won? No, 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 Scott no, no. He's Vincent. not, sorry. Vincent. Scott Vincent, sorry about that. I was looking at the order of merit. I think I think Siwan is still the order of merit. Yeah, no, um, he, I haven't checked it out this week. Yeah, no, he is and in front of um, uh, B.O. Kim. Scott Vincent's on and third. Uh, yeah, so, that's yeah. right. Oh, I have I have a feeling that B.O. or B.O. Um, didn't get his visa into the UK and that's why he wasn't here this week. Oh, really? Uh, yes, potentially. That's the reason why he wasn't there. Uh, but yeah, Scott Vincent, two wins on the trot and then coming into gets into this tournament and potentially changes his whole life in three weeks. Does, did Travis Smythe get a start across into that tournament or only the winner? He did. He did? He did. He did. Five, the top five got starts that hadn't already had an invitation. Okay. So just, um, uh, you know, wrap big up. Big change for, you know, a lot of these people. Wrap up that Asian tour event up there at Slaley Hall. Where, whereabouts was it? Just to the north of London? Just sort of Midlands there sort of thing? No, a little bit further north. It was just 30 minutes left or west um, of Newcastle. Okay, so right up there in the north. Yeah, beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah, and then the weather wasn't amazing, but at the same time, it, for that area of the world, it was probably fantastic for this time of year. Blakey, so you've travelled over there, you've done your job over there with the Asian Tour, and now you seamlessly just transit across into the tournament that's got the whole golf world buzzing um, and breaking sort of news by the by the hour. Um, you talked about five Aussies. So who have we got? We've got Travis Smythe. We've got um, Wade Ormsby, of course. We've got Jed Morgan. Um, Matty Jones. Matty Jones. And who else? Who's the, who's the last one? Uh, I can't actually remember the other Aussie that okay. was in the field. Oh, Kevin Yuan. Okay. I don't know much about Kevin. He got in He got in, He got got in. in from last week. Yeah, okay. Jed Morgan. Yeah, I said Jed. So Jed, yeah. Wade, Travis, Adam Scott will be there soon. Adam Scott will be there soon. Matt, Matt, Matt Jones, Matt and, Jones Kevin and Kevin Yuan. Have you spoken to any of the others? Have you, have you bumped into any of them? Have you, you know, like I know you always yeah, keep, yeah. have a chat with Wade. How's he going? Yeah, Wade's, Wade's an excellent uh, ambassador for the sport. And, and Australia is actually doing a little bit of a press conference at the moment. Um, so, yeah, I was talking to him yesterday. 
Um, talk to Travis. Travis has actually got Corey Crawford on his bag this week. Uh, they're mates and they both live in the States at the moment. Um, yeah, no, I, I saw Jed, but I don't really know Jed, but I'm sure I will meet him in the future. Oh, uh, Blake Windred's playing oh, here too. Yep. Um, and I don't know Kevin and I don't know Matt. I haven't seen Matt yet, but you know, it's funny, like, Three days, 48 players. That's basically one Thursday for 144 field. Um, so the course will hardly get touched. They've got a pro-am on tomorrow. The draft, the draft draw, the draft draw for which, which are the team captains and the, and the teams and all that that's happening tonight. So I'll be going to that. Have they told you uh, who the captains are? casual dress. No, they haven't. They haven't told me who the captains are. So we'll find out all that information tonight. Mm. Um, It's pretty cool, uh, you know, all the bad publicity that the PGA Tour are paying for. um, You know, it's actually free publicity for this tournament and just makes it bigger and bigger. So it's pretty funny that way. So you've obviously, you know, sort of touched base with a few of the officials and, you know, you're obviously much closer than anyone else that, we certainly know, and probably anyone else that anyone else has spoken to, maybe. You know what? What is that vibe like in amongst the people that are, you know, at the badge, badge office collecting their credentials and you know getting their instructions for the week uh, event? Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's interesting because um, you know it's all new and everyone's just sorting out all the all the bumps along the way. So you know there'll be a lot of hiccups, and we know that the golf world will see any hiccup as oh, they're falling apart because that seems to be the way the, the media want to portray it. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of people here um, that are really smart people and they'll see that and, they, you know, they're looking at the bigger picture and having a lot of good golfers coming along um, initially um, is, a, is a, going to be a, play a big part and, um, you know, really legitimizing this tournament and the series and the whole tour. Yeah. And I'll I'll add to that, like anyone who starts to go, oh, you know, it's a shambles and you hear the stories and stuff like that. PGA Tour, when it was first sort of formed post-1968, that was a shambles. It was still a shambles into the 1980s and it was a while before it actually became really sharp under, under Dean Beeman. You know, any business that starts out, like it's never going to be perfect from the start. There's going to be things you're going to iron out and stuff like that. It's just, and to Blakey's point, and you guys have seen me talk about this as well, this is all about the long game for for live. And, you know, one event, they're not going to care if someone's been critical. It's just more media for them. And they, as Blakey said, the, things will get ironed out. At some point, you know, you just move a few people around, you make some changes, you make some tweaks, you learn on Nothing's ever going to be perfect from the start and you just learn and you, you, you improve it and improve it and improve it as you continue to go on. So anyone who's critical from the start going, oh, it's a shambles, well, they can shut up. Blakey. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, go on. They're, really, they're, really just, they're really just got to get two things right. You just got to, you know, have the players enjoy it and they are going to, you know, they're getting paid a bit of money to enjoy it. But um, a big part of it, is from their enjoyment is the fact that they're only playing fifty-four holes. They get more time with their families. You know, they might only have to play fifteen to twenty events max a year. That includes the majors uh, if they get into them. So you know, if the players are enjoying it, they'll be like, "Yep, we can cop a 
a little bit more press or a little bit more of these activities that are going along. Because, you know, there's concerts happening Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you can you come along, the golf finishes at seven, and then, um, you know, some music stars start um, singing. So, you know, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, so that's one thing that they just need to nail. And then the second thing is just creating an entertainment vehicle that the fans like. Um, and if they can get that right, then it doesn't matter how much bad press they get, um, paid bad press, people will come. If they, if they leave, then they'll have to change their model or they'll, uh, or they'll just fold it. That's it, simple economics. Well, we know we know when there's smaller fields and, you know, you, you get a concentrated view on the golfers that are playing in those smaller fields. People, people come. People come for great for good golf, you know. Okay, I'm talking about obviously a Ryder Cup and, and President's Cup and that sort of thing, but when people got access to good golfers and some of the better golfers in the world in a smaller condensed opportunity to see them, they'll come and watch it. What's your sense on, you know, you shared with us uh, some of the pictures, and I thank you for that. We shared that very early on in the Discord chat, uh, the Mile of Golf Discord, if you want to join on that. We'll talk about that more later on. Um, Blakey, you're going to join in, and, um, you know, you can chime in on rules chat whenever you want. Uh, what's your sense on... You know, the corporate side of things. I can imagine that, you know, the way you articulated about the players' comfort, the players' enjoyment more so than comfort, you know, I can only imagine they're trying to attract corporate people to come and watch and feeling like they're getting closer to the play and more better access to the to the players type thing. Is would, What do you get a sense of what that's all about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that's going to be part of that bigger fan base is they want more access to the player. So, um, you know, hopefully... We're micing the caddies up or micing the players up so they, the player can hear, hear everything. That's probably something that the PGA Tour have touched on, but they haven't quite got there and, and probably missed out. They, you know, they're probably worried about what the player's going to say, but you know, under, under the microphone or the microscope, um, whatever the player says, um, hopefully it gets beeped out uh, if it's a swear word, but other than that, we want to hear about that. You know, we, we see it in the drive to survive, which I've uh, Sure, you guys have definitely touched on about you know and bring that to golf, and I know the PGA Tour are um, signing up for that. But you know, how good would it be if if Live Golf got in there first and and signed up for that kind of drive to survive and the startup company in golf? You won't have to worry, mate. <laughs> Not many startups. I think I think there's about six people that are playing this week in your event that are on the PGA Tour season recording of this first season of their drive to survive so dj was one of the stars nah westwood <laughs> were all in the call out of people they were following with cameras so it's going to be a very interesting wow. test to how much Drop. say they have in what uh, gets put to air and what doesn't that's going to be that's going to be very anticipated yeah yes and then you know live, live golf should see that and they should jump on board and say hey netflix come just come and have all access to to our stars now and you know that that that's really what people want. The, the viewers just want access. They want access. They want walking really close. They want, uh, you know, I don't know if they'll get to a position where the players talk to them, but hopefully, hopefully we do. And, uh, you know, and the players realize they're still going to get paid and they're going to make money. They now need to provide, give back to the player, uh, give back to the fans rather than just hitting a nine iron to two inches. They need to you know, say, I was sitting in. Yeah, that's right. And, and just, you know, bring it back to the people and if they do that they'll they'll win you know live golf will win but um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens you know, like for example the, the, for the, the player yeah, yeah sorry to interrupt there blakey so one of the things that i i love listening to is just simply it's like the 
the player caddy conversation. Like if they actually start micing yep. them up and, and getting that sort of stuff, like fans are gonna like eat that up. Eat it up. Because that's, that's right. what you want. You that's want right. to, you want to be closer and hear what is happening in the event, not just what some common some talking head in, in some phone booth is looking at a monitor. You you want to hear this, you know. I think back to, you know, you know, I hear so many stories about like Phil, my man Lefty and, and Bones, right? And I've heard Bones talk about all sorts of conversations and I think back to the 2010 US Masters. It's one of those things where you just wish you would hear those conversations of in the moment when someone's in the moment in those tournaments and you just want to hear what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and you know, how cool will it be when um, if it's a team, if it's, certainly if it's a team's event and you have – you know, I'm not sure if this will happen, but I'm really hoping that the the other, because if, if they do a playoff, it's just going to be pick the two best people. Um, so, uh, and then they'll play 18. So if there's two players versus another two players, um, you know, and then the other two players are sort of walking along beside them, um, you know, how cool would that be? And oh, you know, you should hit it here and hit it there, and. Um, yeah, that guy's headed in the water, so lay up and that kind of stuff. I just feel like it's going to be. Uh, um, I, personally, I love teams competitions, so um, if they nail that as well, that's that's just another added string to the bow. Yeah, well, it's like the you, know, you talk about the team thing, right? There's a couple of the listeners who um, I converse with a lot, and especially when we talk about playing pennant, and we've talked about it on here, you know, and that's that. That's the thing, right? It's that. If you get back to the roots of you know, a lot of people that are, you know, big time golfers, they've played their pennant at different levels and divisions at their club. And there's nothing better than the old Sunday event. So if you can't, if they can try and, if they potentially capture that essence or that moment, just a glimpse of it, like that's going to, it's going to draw. Look, I've been highly critical, but if that sort of stuff comes through on the screen, that's going to draw me in. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I mean, uh, it's a t- like the teams and the chatting, and I just that's what I see from Ryder Cup, Presidents Cups, and Solheim Cups. So that it's uh, just that enjoyable type where people can have a chat and be st- strategic and stuff like that. You know, if they do have a combined two man playoff, you know, one goes for it on eighteen because it's par five, and the other one lays up just to try and make the birdie birdie four or whatever it is. So. Um, yeah, and then if everyone's mic'd up and cameras in, in their faces and stuff, which, you know, if we think about it, you know, are we treating them like absolute, uh, what's that, um, what's that movie, Cable Guy? No, whatever. Um, the one where, you know, there's a TV in the guy's face all the time. But, you know, they're getting Truman, paid. Truman they're Show. only doing it. Truman, Truman Show. They're only doing yeah. it 12, 12 weeks a year or whatever. I mean, it's, it's 54 holes and it's a shotgun start. So, you know, this is what you're getting paid for, guys. It's an entertainment vehicle. It's more than just golf. You've you, you got to be more than just a golfer. You've got to be a personality. Because, you know, that's effectively what the F1 drivers have turned into. They're more than just, you know, Daniel Ricciardo. When he leaves McLaren, we'll have a, you know, we'll have he can pick whatever job he wants, basically, because he's got this big smile and he's a good talker and he's funny. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a really good point. Like he was already a character before the drive to yeah. survive stuff, but the drive to survive. But we didn't know that. Some, well, Formula One, not for myself, on. sort of do. Um, uh, 
but the thing is, though, the drive to survive has just enhanced it. So it's brought, you know, the people that already knew what he was like and watched him just through the year, you know, because they're just, you know, fanatics. But the general yep. um, viewer has been drawn in by the drive to survive stuff. And, you know, they, yep. you know, you're right. It's like he's a character and all of a sudden people are, you know, you see even some of the um, sponsorship and endorsements is he's already picking up that, you know, even here in Australia, right, you know, Optus and I think a few other um, companies is, you know, using him as like an ambassador and they're just leaning into his character or just who, not his character, but actually who he is and using it, right? So he's, you're right. It's like post-career, he's, he's, he's tickety-boo. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, imagine if we see that with, um, with the golfers as well, although they don't really have a post-career because, their whole, their whole career can be, uh, their whole life can be golf. But uh, yeah, spot on. I, you know, that's what we really need to see. We really need to see the characters that play this game, not just um, you know what clubs they use. Yeah. Now, Blakey, yeah. I, I will be conscious of keeping you uh, too long on the phone. Now, just and your and your phone bill. Yeah. Well, we've been through that before, haven't we? Um, but I only want the best connection for you, Blakey. I, you know, I just get whatever I've got. Um, now, Mike's got some questions, and then I just want to get some uh, questions on the course and the surrounds and some of the other things that you'll be up to. But, um, Mike, far away. No questions, yeah, but no questions. But I'm going to tell you who the captains are. Well, here we go. See, Mike's just, oh, right. Mike, before we started recording, broke the news that um, Phil Mickelson has about 45 minutes ago... DJ. Uh, uh, D, sorry, oh, not DJ. DJ. Sorry, uh, DJ has officially resigned from the PGA Tour. So that he had time, yeah. obviously, to play with Liv, but, um, you know, he is now officially resigned as of Kevin Nah uh, from the PGA Tour. Um, so he broke that. Yep. So now he's going to break uh, who the captains are for you, Blake. I'm going to tell, tell you what their team name is as well. Hmm, here we um, go. How so, did you find out their team name? Uh, oh, this is what the data lake is for. <laughs> it's... Uh, I won't say because I've been uh, I've been told not to share it. Oh, oh, really? Well, it's it's on social media, so it'll be out there. Uh, someone's already taken a picture and released it. What a dumbass! Well, you can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Dustin nah, Johnson's team name is Four Aces. G Mac, <laughs> yeah. Niblix. Yeah. Uh, Ian Poulter is Majestics. Kevin Nar Iron <laughs> yep. Heads. Louis yep. Ustazen Stinger. Martin Keimer, oh my God. Cleeks, Peter Uline, Crushers, Phil yeah. Mickelson is the High Flyers, HY Flyers. Of course. Um, HY, yeah. Sergio Garcia is the Fireballs. Yeah. <laughs> Kim is one. Smash. Taylor Gooch is Talk with a okay. Q. That's a, is that, yep. is that, is that a product endorsement right. talk with a Q? Uh, and Wade Ormsby is <laughs> a captain. He's Punch. Really? Yeah, punch, punching above his waist. Yeah, that's why he was getting um, he was getting dressed up and um, with makeup before doing a press conference. So, wow, you, like, I like I know the names, but how do you find out who the captains are? Social media knows everything, Blakey. Dardalate. Social media yeah. knows everything. Yeah. like I don't know if they were told not to not to release it or not, but I mean that's what the draft party is for tonight. But we'll see what happens. Well, I, I can I'll, I'll share my source because it doesn't really matter. But um, Australian Golf Digest just tweeted it, and I can tell you now, yeah, right. um, the uh, the they've taken a screenshot, and it looks like it's directly off the website, but it's not on the website because I was on there before looking, and it's definitely not there. 
No, it's, it's in the players, the Club 54 thing, which is actually pretty cool. So apparently, um, you know, there'll be guys out there playing golf, um, but there's a driving, the, the spectators can actually go and use the driving range like a top golf type thing. Um, after, after all the, well, during when the players are out in the golf course, they've actually got it set up so you can go and hit golf balls. Mate, that's what you want when you're all amped up when you're at a golf tournament. You're just going to want to go and slug yeah, some slug exactly. some range rocks down there. So give the yeah. people a chance to go and slug some range rocks. That's great. Yeah, like I, I've just seen Dustin hit at 300. I want to try it now on the same bloody range and uh, bang, bang, bang. You just want to yeah. channel that mental mastery mojo and you just want to absorb the vibe that you've got from there watching your favourite players and go and hit some range rockets. It's fantastic. Exactly, exactly right. Blakey, tell us about the Centurion uh, Club. Uh, what are you, what's your thoughts on the course? I don't know much, if not anything, about it. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. It's, uh, um, it's, how, how old is Centurion? How old is this course? Like he just referring to one of his colleagues. Ten years. Ten years. Oh, okay. Ten years. years. So it's it's from looking at the um, the use of the trees around some of the holes. Um, it would be more than ten years. It's uh, it's near St Albans in London. Um, I don't know this area that well, but if you do, um, they've got some building going down the right hand side of eighteen still. So they're they're still working on a few things, but the clubhouse looks lovely. Um, there's a big build here with, um, yeah, for the corporate hospitality. But, uh, no, the course, the course is long, championship type course. There's only about four penalty areas out there. Um, up and down, mounds. Um, not really, probably the only thing I'm not a fan of is the wispy grass around the bunkers. I don't really like that, but that's a personal preference. Um, cause I've kind of got some sides of it. Nice and smooth, you know, just rough height and an inch high or two inches. But some of the other parts of it, it's like knee high grass, and I just don't like that. But um, you know, it's, it's going to be a tough test. I don't think the, I don't think anyone will um, beat it to pieces. Um, there's some really long holes out there, uh, so it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting to see it. They did have a bit of rain on the weekend, so it was wet in places. But um, we've got some sun today, and there's a bit of wind, and it's drying it out. So uh, yeah, it's good. Should, should be a good test. Uh, Blakey, you mentioned that um, you know you guys were told what not to say, yeah, you know, or not to share the team names and captains and that sort of thing. Um, you know, are you under any instructions from uh, the bodies, the governing bodies, about what you can and can't do? You know, do we have to seek permission that you can do this? Well, we obviously not, but uh, you know, by the time. Uh, no, I mean nothing. Nothing that I've said today is um, a secret anyway. It's just my per- personal opinion. Um, but, yeah, no, we, I thought that uh, we weren't releasing anything, but someone's obviously, a player's obviously gone in there or a manager's gone in there and just gone, oh, how funny is this, and just sent it to someone and it's got out. But, you know, that, that'll happen. You can't hide everything. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, also, no, it, we also put in the Discord, you know, we put the circulation of what the players were circulated in terms of, you know, like the marketing document, the positioning strategy, the taglines, the, you know, who we are and what we're doing. Yeah, that. Did, did, did you get a copy of that? Was that, you know, part of your welcome pack? You know, hi, Blakey, welcome to the team. Um, here's how you talk about no. golf. No? 
No, no, and uh, one of my colleagues, Steve, actually asked us if we're doing getting any media training this week, and I said, no, I don't think so. We're, I don't think so. I think we're supposed to just shut up and not talk to anyone. But you know, this is just a phone call between you and me, Ross. Um, four penalty areas on the course doesn't sound like you'll have uh, a whole load of work. You know, is that, what are you expecting out there in terms of your workload? Well, see, that's going to be an interesting thing in terms of pace of play. Um, you know, it's a long course. Um, there's a lot of there's not too many penalty areas, but there's a lot of long grass, and certainly some of the um, landing zones are quite narrow, quite tight, but they still have to hit driver, whereas last week um, the landing zones where they were just hitting two on weren't too bad. So what happened? What was happening last week was um, they were pretty accurate off the tee, and so they didn't waste too much time finding their ball. Uh, but then they were hitting three or four iron into the green, which meant that they were spending more time around the green chipping and putting. Um, which sort of slowed them down. This week they'll be mostly hitting driver, and that could also mean that they'll be going, um, getting lost balls and stuff. But um, you know, it's a shotgun start. Everyone's on the course at the same time. Uh, four and a half hours is the is the limit that we've set them, um, which is pretty standard for any other tour tournament. Um, and yeah, it would just be helping them, basically just helping them take relief and, and from make, maybe taking some stroke and distance back to the tee and stuff like that. But um, yeah. it'll be interesting enough. I mean, it's just you know all the bad for all the bad publicity. I'm just here to help run a golf tournament. Really interested in it, and, uh, and this is not you know this is not one of many for me. This could be my only one. Um, so I'm just enjoying it um, as it is and just seeing where it goes. Wow. Well. They'd be stupid if they're not re-employing you and, and having you on retainer because if they want a good rules official, you're the man. And I reckon it might be a lazy week because there's no Patrick Reed and there's no Matt Kuchar. So you're not going to have to worry about dodgy drops and using a shovel to try and you know move the sand from behind his, someone's golf ball. Uh, no fingers in the long grass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just need to keep the stopwatch away from Sergio. That's all. With yeah, Mayan and Gold this week. Or Kevin Nah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or Kevin Nah. Blakey, before you go, uh, in the Discord channel, uh, there was a question about uh, the Hideki Matsuyama situation uh, last week. So while we've got you, you might just clear up, you know, what actually happened with that uh, fairway wood of Hideki Matsuyama. Had some tip X applied to the face. You know, from a governing body rules official, uh, what was the official line with that scenario? Or imbroglio? Can, uh, I, use, well, the can, official I, can line, I can I use the word imbroglio? It's one of our favourites. Remember, remember those yeah, days? Yeah, you, you can. You can. It certainly was. I mean, um, I don't know how the photo got on social media, but someone sent it through to the PGA and said, "I'd oh, have you seen this?" And um, you know, Steve Rintoul, um, who's actually Australian um, on the PGA Tour, one of the senior um, rules officials on the PGA Tour um, came out and sort of gave the, the line in the sand of what, what the situation was, which was basically um, the club fitter had put the paint on the, or the white, white out on the face um, for alignment. It wasn't to do with um, actually making it spin more or spin less, but that's potentially what it could have done. And, and you basically, you know, the club face is basically, you're not allowed to touch. Um, there are, you know, you could put something on there, um, like I think they were talking about a biro or something, but still, you know, it's basically just don't touch it. Um, you know, just leave it the way it is. Um, and so that, that was uh, potentially that material that was on the face. 
um, could have an effect on the ball, and that's why it wasn't allowed. And if you make a stroke with a non-conforming club, um, you're DQ'd straight away. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Um, Blakey? Yeah, don't touch the face. That's as simple as it gets. Exactly. Well, Blakey, unless there's any questions from the guys, as we will probably let you get back to, to work, I'm not sure uh, what you've got on for. What's today? It's Tuesday morning uh, over there, Tuesday night here. Um, what, what, what have you got on for the next couple of days? Uh, well, today we've got the draft party, so I think we're just going to have, we've just been looking around the 18th hole and marking out some drop zones um, for the TIO and some out of bounds. Uh, so I think that's all we'll do for the rest of the day. And then I think we're heading back to the hotel about 3.30 um, to get ready for the draft party that's on tonight, um, which we're looking forward to. And um, Yeah, it's it's fun. You know, a lot of the um, staff here from the who work for LIV, um, have come over from the States. Um, that's where their office is. And uh, a fair few of them uh, previously worked for the PGA Tour. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, you know, they, they see the opportunity that they, they're getting in front of them and, and decide to jump on board. So uh, well, just like me, I mean, you know, I'd still have aspirations to work for the PGA Tour. But at the same time, you know, the Asian Tour is right in my backyard. So... Um, that would be you've nice got to take well. the opportunities when they're in front of you, right? Oh, you just got to exactly right. You just got to. I just got to increase my experience and working with, yep. um, you know, guys like uh, Slugger White and Steve Kavanagh, just absolute and, and exposure, you know, right? You like you're you're calling you you're you're officiating like a a big event with some big stars, and so. You know that's that's not going to be that's not going to go unnoticed. So you know, and yeah. kudos to you for being recognised as a, as a really good rules official. Um, to for them to sort of tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, not only are your videos bloody really good on YouTube and Instagram, but you know you're actually a pretty damn good rules official coming over here and and do this. So kudos to you, mate. Oh, thank you very much. And actually, that's a good point you make. And um, one of the biggest things about being a, a good rules. Um, official is actually player management and talking to players and having relationships with players and you know the more exposure I have to, to the players um, the, the better it looks on my CV so um, yeah it's yeah, a respect no, right if you if you have to make a, if you have to make a tough call you know they and you're able to do it in a way that you know you explain to them exactly what the rules are and you treat them with you know you treat them with respect you don't you know you're not dissident or anything like that, but at the same time, you're not a pushover like that. Just that's yeah, just, that just that just wins that's points. Right? On. What 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 you do is you just uh, don't give them the drop, and then you just say sorry, mate. Sorry, I'm so sorry, and then uh, and then just run away. <laughs> Love it, <laughs> uh, David. Is that, um, is that why is that why Patrick runs up to his ball and then moves it before a rules official gets there because he knows that run, yeah. shit. I think Blakey's in the field. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest, Rocket. I don't think Patrick Reed's running too much. <laughs> uh, Blakey, where where have they uh, got you staying? Are you in town? Are you in Mayfair or somewhere like uh, that? We're in Wat- we're in Watford. Oh. We're in Watford, and uh, I'm I'm glad we're in Watford though. It's it's a it's supposed to be about 25 minutes, but in the bus that we take, it's about 45. Um, London traffic is horrible, horrific. I don't know how anyone lives here. Um, it's it's. Seven times worse than Melbourne. I guarantee you that. That's why and, everyone uh, touches the tube. 
yeah, you got to you got to go south to go north. Sometimes it's so strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but no, Watford seems to be a nice place. And but you know, when you when you referee it, or when you work at these tournaments, all you're doing is going to the golf course, hotel, golf course, hotel, golf course, hotel, airport. So uh, you don't get to really see too much. Um, but uh, but that's fine. It, I still enjoy being over here and meeting the people. Um, you know, English people are actually quite nice, apart from the fact that they beat us in the cricket the other day and they rubbed it in. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, Watford, it's in that north. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, London's that sort of northwest area. Watford uh, just got relegated in the EPL. Um, Watford is a team that I sort of s- loosely follow. Uh, was at one stage owned by Elton John. And um, one of the legends of uh, the Watford Football Club from a few years ago was Richie Johnson, who uh, was a childhood uh, Cessna, you know, he, was, he was from Western, I was from Cessnock, but uh, Richie's dad and my dad played football together and uh, he played 200 and something games for Watford. There you go. Um, just another name drop. Um, and, just so the li- and just so the listeners don't get confused, it's not Watford Oval in Lithgow, it's Watford Oval in Wat- Watford in London. That's exactly right. Um, gotcha. Blakey, the party tonight, uh, a couple of things on the party. Yep. Will the players be there? Yes, yeah, the players have to be there. Okay. You know, that's one of the requirements. Yeah, everyone has to be there, and they pick their teams or whatever. I don't know how they're picking the teams, but uh, um, yeah, everyone has to be there, and um, yeah, it should be good. Okay, uh, just just grab a selfie with Wade. He likes, uh, you know, the last selfie that uh, one of the podcast uh, guests uh, got with Wade at uh, Royal Adelaide. He, he flipped me the bird. So if you can get him to do that, something to, again, um, <laughs> he, he he wouldn't mind flipping the bird. Yeah, there you go. Um, but he, you know. Congratulations. Well done. You are part of golf history. Um, who knows what happens with golf at that level, golf entertainment, golf broadcasting from this point forward? No one knows. It'll change. It'll look different. And uh, it's something that, you know, who, who knew that we'd get to this point? But you're part of that history and well done. You know, two years ago, you know, we sort of sat down and we talked about all of this sort of stuff. Um, and please, I'm not trying to impinge and take any credit there but we had a lot of conversations about you know what you want to do and where you want to go and how you're going to get there it's sort of got and it seems like it's getting there so congratulations and, and well done to you young man you did tell me a lot of stories you. about Thank you, you did tell me a lot of stories about some of the other um golf tournaments that you've been at and i'll remind you of, of the spanish uh, event was it valderrama uh yeah Okay, so let's not have any stories about you know you, you sleeping under the uh, the trees in your shorts, all right? <laughs> I wonder where you're going with that. It was uh, no, it was uh, it was a, you it was the Sergio's tournament in oh geez, it was just it was just south of Barcelona, about two and a half, two hours. Catalonia. Oh, I can't remember that. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. Well, well Bikey, the good news is anyway. you, you don't have to do it backpacker style now. You've moved up 17 <laughs> rungs up the ladder, so well done. And uh, There's some pretty good TIOs there that I could sleep under, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep yourself nice, all right? Uh, just, keep, just keep it nice for the uh, golf rules questions. Uh, all right, mate. Thanks, for, mate. thanks for joining us. Thanks, Blakey. Thanks, mate. And thank you, guys. I'll, uh, I'll let you know how it all goes, and uh, I'll give you insight where I can. Uh, mate, um, thank you very much. If this is the first podcast that uh, anyone's done from someone live at Live, um, yeah, we'll take credit for that. But uh, it's all credit to you, mate. Thank you very much. We'll see you. We'll see you when you're back. All right. Yeah, excellent. Sounds good, Roscoe. Right, see mate. you guys. See you, buddy. Bye. Bye.
Well, there you go. Uh, there's Blakey, uh, golf rules official, golf rules expert, uh, and uh, one of the many uh, handful of Australians actually doing some work on the ground at the Centurion, not playing, but certainly helping the players do their job. Uh, great to have access to him. You know, there's a whole load of stuff there um, that Blakey gave us an insight to, which you know, which is great. But it really is, you know. And my question is, and I was thinking about this on the way home tonight, is this? Oh, I don't know how to phrase it. You know, I don't want to use the term "death of golf" as we knew it, but you know, is it is it such a big event that it is potentially going to be game changing for golf as an entertainment sport from this point forward? And you know, is it going to force change at the PGA Tour? Are they not going to change? Uh, is this the moment that they're going to realise that you know all all of the people like you and and me and and the fans and you know the the audiences and the sponsors you know are going to enforce them to change stuff? The the only way it'll change is if live do something different with the content. So as you know, Blakey and I was sort of conversing about it's the the little things that draw the fans in, that give them something different than what they're used used to, right? Because that's what it is. It's what it all boils down to. It doesn't matter if you if we if you transplant the same players that we see week in week out into a live event, and we get to see fifty four holes, but of the same crap, yeah, no. pretty much just. Bleh, no one's going to watch that. So if the, unless the content is different, no one's going to be interested. That's it. So it will die a death very quickly if they don't do something different with the content. doesn't matter how many holes they play. doesn't matter how much the players are played. Unless they, at some point, here's the thing, doesn't matter how long the game they're trying to play, if they do not attract eyeballs, it will be irrelevant. So they have to change the content because if the content is the same, they can't just go, oh, it's a team's event. Okay, now, but we want to that's, – that's great that it's a team's event, but you've got to remember the, 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 the access and hearing what is happening in the game, We the fans want more and more. So unless you're giving us more or something that's a little bit different and, and getting closer, like just as simple as caddy conversation – with a player over a shot that could be in a playoff, playing for big bucks, whatever it is, that's what we want to see. That's what we want to hear. That's just one thing. And if they don't do any of that, and then it's just really, it's just the same stuff over and over again. The problem they're going to have, right? I agree with everything you just said, but what you want is that from the best players. If it's, if it's the, if the people that they got now, people aren't going to watch it. We're golf weirdos, right? We watch everything. If you go and ask people that watch golf on a regular basis how much European tour they watch, it would be very minimal, let alone a third third tournament. Um, so unless they can get the players and then do it better, oh, I don't see how it. I don't see how it changes, but I do think it will force the PGA Tour to try and do things better. But for me, it, I've been thinking about it a lot this week. And for me, it comes down to, from a negotiation standpoint, 
if I'm the PGA Tour, the one thing I know the players are absolutely crapping themselves about is not being able to play in the majors. Right? Don't, don't forget all the money. If you tell DJ you can't play in a major ever again and the Masters have taken away your forever invite, do you reckon he stays with Liv or do you reckon he goes back? So, I think has that got something to do? Sorry, is that got something to do with the reason why they have resigned? You know, like exactly. I don't know that that that's a bit that that the, the resignation bit. I don't know how it fits in. But if the PGA Tour right now can work with their, we'll call them partners, to make sure that these people can't play majors, I can't see people jumping ship. And right now, if I'm the PGA Tour. I, I would have to have a great relationship with the US Open and the US PGA and the Masters and knows the who yeah and the RNA and the Masters right now knows they could hate the PGA tour. I can tell you right now that they they work with them as much as they want and they look at it and go, Well, do I really want to go and be a partner with this tournament as as a reflection on my tournament? And, and I can't see the Masters doing that. So the, the, the masters, the masters is actually the unfortunate thing is poor old Fred Ridley and, the, and, and Augusta National are going to be the yardstick for what happens. Hundred percent. Because Absolutely. if they don't do anything, the others aren't going to flinch. 100%. The USGA isn't going to flinch. The RNA are not going to flinch. The PGA are not going to flinch. And the PGA Tour is is relying on those four governing bodies of those four tournaments to pull the pin on those players. Because if you go back and read Phil Mickelson's um, uh, thingo, he talks about this event, the little talking points around, I get to spend more time with my family. It suits my lifestyle. So I'm going to play these events plus the majors. Exactly. So unless you pull the rug on the majors, yeah. this thing continues to go on. So the PGA Tour is going to be – they're probably going to have to owe some favours to a lot of these guys and it comes back to the Masters. 100%. So the Masters is going to be, do they want to have the publicity of – you think about it, you think about who they've got, Phil, DJ, Sergio, Masters champions, and very well-respected and revered Masters champions. Do you want them to create the circus that will occur by them coming back and being able to play the Masters over and over again for the rest of their life? Or are you – because you think about if Augusta – the problem that Augusta National has is they their history is still rooted in slavery, right? So it's oppression all these other things, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of public pressure that could come on them by – Allowing these players who are associated with live, yeah. And look for me, I'm uh, the Saudi government. Forget the po the politics of that side, right? The sports washing. If if these guys tipping a stupid amount of money into golf and having these events all around the world is sports washing their country. To be honest, I'm not fussed. You know, like that that doesn't make me reflect on the Saudi government events in Saudi Arabia, that's a whole different kettle of fish, right? Them putting on events there and getting people there, that's different to them paying for something to be in Australia, right? For, in my opinion, right now, that's my personal opinion. But if I'm, if I'm the PGA tour, I'm a partner of the, of the masters and I'm not related to that in any way, shape or form. So as a person that I'm going to partner with as my brand, as the P as the masters or the U S open, the RNA, uh, 
I don't care that the PGA Tour might not be fulfilling whatever the players absolutely could be getting at a top dollar. They're my partner, and they're not trying to do anything that there's a lot of people to disagree with. So I'm going to partner with them, and I'm going to if they want me to do something, we'll work together to make that happen. And that, that's the only reason I say, well, that's the biggest hindrance I see right now to this getting to a point where people are saying, yeah, but the money's there and people will jump. You're right, they could, but there, there are always little things you can tweak that will stop them, and the, and the majors is the number one thing, for sure. And, and it's the top players, the yep. players that really want to play in those events and they've yeah. grown up thinking like that, that, that's where you'll turn them off. Yeah, there's no good them getting, even if they get, 25 of the top 200 players in the world, if they're all just, they're not driving anything effectively with, with all due respect to the DP World Tour, it just becomes another DP World Tour event for a lot of money. And and it's the and thing is that if you take out the DJ Sergio Phil, right, let's say if you cut them off from playing the majors, that may or may not impact them as much because they've played X amount, they've won a certain amount but it's the players that haven't won one yet and that could be in their 20s and that's why 30s, Gooch, and top players, right? That's why Gooch was one of the most surprising names on that list when he went because he's on the upward trajectory, played well in a couple of majors, and there's a chance he might not be able to play in them next year. Yep. I, or this year, who knows? My, you know, for what it's worth, thought is that I agree that you know, the PGA Tour will try and you know, sidle up to the major tournament partners and, and exert their influence on them. I, I just think that there's more to this, um, you know, the official resignation and then the use of terms independent contractors. Uh, and, you know, maybe the advisors have been out of play and said, you know, start using this type of language, you know, resign from that. So, you know, if you're, if you don't resign and you go and play at live, then obviously the PGA Tour can then bring sanctions against your penalties against as is in their charter but, against um, players. So, what you, can someone explain it to me? Because I don't, I don't understand how the PGA Tour can say I'm suing you because you won't play on the PGA Tour. No, well, it's not. No, the PGA Tour can't sue. It, there's a, there's a, there's a thing that the players sign each year that's part of their handbook, which says these are the rules that you are governed by in terms of if you want to play somewhere else, you've got to request a. Um, yep. You got to request a a, a waiver, etc., yep. etc. And if you don't, you are you face a possibility of sanctions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yep. So it wasn't the PGA Tour suing. It was a if they stayed. Let's say if DJ stayed a member, yeah, and he didn't resign, and then he goes, "I'm going to go turn up at, at the event the week after the US Open," yeah, and then they go, "No," then he has the possibility of being able to go to court and sue, the, start to test all the laws of the yeah. PGA Tour. But the thing is, though, him resigning is a different method, and maybe, so, no, maybe I, it's actually it's a it's it's actually, I think, it's a. But the, the question I've got is, say he resigns, right? Which he has done. Yep. He goes and plays the US Open. Yep. Now he wants to turn up to that event. But it's a PGA Tour event. He's not eligible. That's a part I don't get. Well, well, the thing is, though, he may not be able to enter as a PGA yeah. Tour member. Yeah. However, the sponsor of the event yep. has sponsors' exemptions that they yeah. could issue with him with. So then if the PGA Tour decide we're not going to allow you to do that, 
then we could potentially have a real problem. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, if you've yeah, got a yeah, tournament no, and you might be a lowly event. I think Austin's and, and maybe this more is, of a chance and, of getting and that here's the thing, is that Maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's where they're going to test him in court. Yeah. They've resigned, so they've moved away. We know yeah. you're a top player. If you go to play an event and you get a sponsor's exemption, well, the sponsor yeah. goes, do you know what? We actually just want you to play because we know you put bums on seats and you're yeah. going to bring eyeballs to our brand. Now, the PGA can't say, you know, if you're a sanction, <clears throat> you can't play in that event if you've played it lived and you're you know, under sanction. So they're not they under, can't, they can't, they're not under they, sanction anymore. But it's their tour. They can do what they want. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just, but I'm just talking about the majors. I want to. The majors, the majors, yeah, the majors are different. They obviously sit outside of the PGA. They're they're relying on the four bodies. Yeah, Yeah, I'm still talking about the majors. And if, yeah, yeah, like you guys were intimating, like if if the PGA Tour exerts some influence on the Masters and says, you know, you've got to sanction, you've got to not allow sanctioned players from our tour to play, well, they're not sanctioned. They've they're resigned. They're the, independent. The independent PGA contract. Tour are not going to be able to tell the Masters what to do. Yeah. The Masters is an invitational full stop. Yeah. So they'll do what they want. But yeah. I think that, say, as the US Open, as an example, will have criteria on how you become eligible. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to see those tweaked so that but the US, people US, that... US Open is USGA, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not PGA yeah, but I, doesn't matter. No, they're not connected. No, hundred percent. Yeah. What I'm saying is, the USG right, the USGA right now has has a partnership in regards a working relationship with the PGA Tour. Yeah. They've got nothing with Live. So the PGA Tour, yeah, the PGA Tour says you can't don't have our sanctioned players. Why would hundred percent? Yeah. Why wouldn't so, they? So they're not sanctioned. They're not sanctioned. They're independent. They're 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 playing on Live. You know, like here's the, the qualification the, the rules. That's why yeah. it's called the US Open, right? Because anyone can play in a qualifying event and qualify for it, right? So if all of a sudden you start to say you can't because you qualify under these rules yeah, and you're not allowed to play, you yeah. know, then no. do those bodies all of a sudden face legal action? It's, it's, it's going to be a spider no, web. No doubt. No doubt. But I'd tell you now, they're not silly, the starters. They're not going to get caught in, you know, doing back backroom deals. It's just going to come out and, and everyone's going to know what it is, but someone's going to have to find proof. And even if they do to find a way to take it to court, I've never seen anything move through court quickly. Like Phil's... 53 now, what is he? So by the time he put, takes something in the court. He'll be 52. 52. 52 in eight days. So nine days. by the time that gets out of court, he'll be 60. You know what I mean? Like the the, the, the idea of taking it to court and winning and then being able to play, I, I don't see that as a future either. Mm. I don't know. I, I think that it'll fizzle out by the time any of these guys have got a chance to get involved and it means less people jump. If, if, if I'm Xander Shoffley and I'm watching – Players that have jumped over, not allowed him majors and taking the PGA Tour to court, I'll give you the tip. I'm not jumping over to live either. I'm waiting to see how it all shakes out. And that takes a long time. Hmm. Uh, world rankings, that's the other question. You know, what happens uh, when they play this 12, 15 events or whatever it is in world rankings? I, and- I don't know that they've got yeah. um, OWGR points assigned yet. No, because it's not really an official tour event. That's the thing, right? The week before is an Asian tour event, so there's probably a points assigned to that. So they're not really an official sure. tour. At some point, because they're already aligning themselves with the Asian tour, if they so for them, I think the focus was let's just get the players and let's get this up and running. And at some point, I guarantee they'll turn this into those those primary events. And they'll go, do you know what? These are sanctioned Asian tour events. And it's like WGC all over again. You know, select field, 
you know, high quality. So then you can bump your rankings up. So those Absolutely. players that will get the nine or 10 events, they'll be able to play in those score points, et cetera, and maintain their rankings. That, but that's a problem. Depending on who they're playing against will be how, how high they stay. So yeah. if Taylor Gooch sacks it and goes back to the PJ tour and it's just DJ there and he's winning six out of 10 events against guys that their average world ranking is 230. His, his ranking is not going to stay where it is. It'll just drop. And that's going to be the other part. Once that they need the players to jump to ensure that that quality of field is there so that it maintains, like you're saying. Yeah. It's, look, it's a first step. It's, it's a long story ahead. But Very yeah, nice. I, I just don't, um, the more I think about it from a business perspective, um, from a PGA Tour business perspective, there's a lot of levers that they're going to be pulling to make things quite painful for the people that have jumped if they see value in playing in the majors. And for me, that's the biggest thing that's going to drive it. It would it would seem pretty normal that they're going to try and you know, create any barrier that they can to, to make um, you know the entry of a new competitor into their space that they dominated owned. You know they've got a, the moat around you know the Ponte Vedra Palace as as you know you know and that moat's being breached right now. You know, I, I heard from somewhere... Uh, the yeah, castle has yeah, been stormed. Pretty much. And, you know, but even things like, um, you know, Rory talking to Colt Nost, you know, they're wired up now and, you know, they're talking to Colt Nost and Rory saying, overheard saying, we just need to find a way to bring all this Saudi money into the inside the PGA Tour. You know, yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 I couldn't believe it when I heard, you know, Rory, no, I think, Rory talking like that. No, because, I mean... I get I think, it, but... Yeah, no, no, I, I, I do. I, I, I'm with you. I think it's weird, but it's funny because we, for, for for the listeners, Rocket and I are a little bit weird. We're talking about one of the greatest golfers ever, ever tonight, pre-recording Bob Estes, and we're talking about the 2001 Canadian Open or something like that. And I was looking back at the 2001 Canadian Open and the season that Bob Estes won two events. And you know where the first event was played that year for that PGA PGA year? Do you know where it was played? That season, where was it played? I think they were still they were still doing not the wraparound rubbish. It was it would have been. Uh-huh. Um, what did they start doing the wraparound stuff? It, because it was back the then w- the seasons were still the um, it was a tournament of champions in um in um Hawaii. I should I should say the first event this person played not the first first year first oh. event. It was the WGC. They played in Melbourne. Remember when they played the um? Oh, was that the one at Kingston Heath or Metro? No, Metro. I think it was. Uh, I can't remember which one it was, but it was a WGC event in Melbourne. That was the first event this player had played on the PGA Tour that season. For me, when I think of Rory saying something like that, which is what he said, I think of it as more money coming in from there. Cool, yep, we'll let you put up some Aramco-sponsored events here and there. You can't have any title events. You can still have your Saudi international which will somehow fall into the pga tour even though we're against it but people want to go there and that's fine but we still have to then somehow put events around the world and make it what you guys are supposedly trying to deliver in in that it is a world tour which is what third leg greg keeps saying so in my mind i would think that's what probably i mean i'm just paraphrasing what rory didn't say but assuming what he said that's what i would think he would mean when he would say getting the money into the tour because the tour is never going to do that as in, like, they're never going to spend money to play all around the world. But if they're getting someone else coming in, they're going to support that and somehow spread it out. Maybe that maybe that works. But I think I, that, I think even with that, you know, with that, 
you'd still get a filtered down, a watered down second tier group of events in other parts of the world that of course. a handful of people may or may not turn up to rather than, yeah, now, now you've got another organisation really seriously going after some of the world's biggest talent, trying to bring them across and ambush and chink Yeah, down. but if it's under the PGA Tour and they say, so let's as an example, rehashing old old news, what the WGCs were supposed to be. Let's just say they say it's an eight-event eight season now all around the globe and each event's worth $20 million. Mm. You'd get the people there. Yeah. And, yeah, Aramco, you can be the number two sponsor, but the headline and, has to and, be And 800 else. FedEx Cup points. Yeah, whatever it is. Um, and maybe one of them is a Saudi event. It's maybe like that's something that Saudi gets involved in. Basketball and rugby and whatever else, they have conferences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's always you, you got to play over there. You got to play over there, and at some point we all play together against each other. Yeah, anyway, we're talking about stuff that we've spoken about before. Um, you've got an interesting top on there. Uh, are we can we are we finished with live? Uh, it's as yeah. I say, we'll be talking well about live. Truly. Yeah, let's yeah. wrap it up. It's late, <laughs> late for Rocket. Rocket's got a big day ahead. Okay. Um, sorry, Rocket, you are keeping the uh, internet security of Australia going. Um, in your boss's absence, um, Mike, you've got an interesting top there. Can I do. Give, I'm wearing my... Uh, looks like it's vintage and about the time that you were talking about, Bob Estes, just then. That's it. It was a, It's an Air Canada Air Canada golf uh, golf windbreaker. It, tell you what, I don't make windbreakers like this anymore, and I don't mean that in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't breathe. <laughs> it, it makes a lot of noise. It fits quite well, though. It's like that parachute material. It is, but it's it's a bit of, like next time we play next time we play golf, I will wear it. I promise you. Can you just give the listeners a bit of a movement there? Because you know, like the, the best part about it is the back, the PGA Tour logo on the back. Oh yeah, there it is. Yeah, looks like a GMGA logo. Um, you know, you, you, they copied us. I can hear you crinkling as you move. That's it. Yeah, that's like yeah. Imagine, that's what, imagine it's been a nightmare, mate. There's no four way stretch. If you want to talk about four way stretch, go and check out the latest Drummer Golf YouTube video with yours truly um, modelling the, the Nike. Is that the Nike? Jacket. Yeah, that honestly, and I'm not just saying this as a as a hope that one day Nike will send me one. That top was one of the greatest things I ever watched. That video and the way that it works to 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 switch into a Gillette vest thing was. I was like, that is so good. Were you saying that you enjoyed my video? Well, look, it could have done with some edit. No, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought that was, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't know anything about the product. I didn't know what was coming when you said, "Oh, you know, it gets cold." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, what's it going with this?" And I went, "Wooshka," and I was like, "Oh, wow!" Did so you, people watch it and understand what Wooshka means. Uh, if you watch it, you'll understand the suspense that I built up there and what Mike was. Uh, yeah. Uh, RBC Canadian Open. Um, RBC. I've got a few extra bucks in the bank now because they've just dropped DJ and uh, GMAC. Um, Who's your, who's, your, who's your tips for the RBC? Oh, sorry. Yeah, we should go through that. Um, uh, we're going through the 15, the Magic 15. Uh, of course, okay. if you want the inside skinny on the data lake, you need to join us on the Discord because the chat's just growing by the day there. Um, yep. You can get access, direct access to Mike and Rocket. They, I don't know when they sleep. I don't sleep, but um, you know, every time I look at the phone, it's pinged at some certain stage because um, these guys are chatting to the people that are inside the Discord. The Discord, I will be posting the lake in there and bits and pieces. But the top 15 this week, it's no surprise because it's very heavy with talent this week. Uh, very surprising the week before a major. Uh, Justin Thomas, Rory McElroy, Sam Burns, Scotty Scheffler, Corey Connors, Shane Lowry, Keith Killer, Keith Mitchell, Tony Finau, Sebastian Munoz, Chris Kirk, 
Matt Fitzpatrick, Cam Smith, Johnny Vegas, who has won the Canadian Open twice at a different course. Canadian Adam Hadwin, and it's going to must be a weekly thing now. Number fifteen, Martin Laird. Oh, Martin Laird. There you um, go. I, really, is he in the data? He finished. He's number. <laughs> Have 15. you seen his odds? No. Oh my god. He's one hundred and forty-one dollars on one of the. Um, how did Marty? What's his form coming in? His form coming in was, I think he finished 30-something last week, mm. 37th, 37th last week at the Memorial, um, cut at the Byron Nelson and 61st at the Wells Fargo. So, look, you know, it all look, the Data Lake Talk stats, yeah. as, um, as Officer Carter pointed out last week, Billy Horschel gave the big middle finger to the Data Lake because he was ranked 35 on the Data Lake and he beat a few people that were quite fancied at the top, including our boy Cam Smith. Um and and um, look, it's boy Max Homer. But um, look, it, it's a funny old week, to be honest. It's not going to be one that I'm going to be going nuts on. If I was going to be picking, I've written down five names, um, and I probably and one the top ones Rory, and I won't be betting Rory because his odds would be very light. The ones that I'll probably look at will be the guys, in my opinion, that are always around the mark, never quite pinch one, but you could see him winning an event in Canada, and that's Shane Lowry, Tony Finau, Matt Fitzpatrick, and Harold Varner. But all the people that are kind of around, especially Harold Varner, how, how, how would it be Harold Varner, who played the Saudi event forever, won the last Saudi event, they got the big event this week, and he goes and wins in Canada. That would be just perfect. Poetic. So was that Lowry, Fitzmagic, Varner, HV, HV3, and, and HV. Binel? I'll post it in the data lake. I'll post the picture. Actually, the OG Fitzmagic retired from the NFL this week. I don't know who that is. Yeah, That's that? Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ah, um, before Fitz we Magic. go, because I know Ross is going to wind us up. No, I'm not. I'm. Not, I'm, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm. I know. I need to wind up. It's like quarter past eleven. Well, don't tell me um, time. That's part of the history, mystery. We're not going to go I through all, all the ins and outs of last week, but Billy Horschel had a really good week. He did everything right. His stats were off the charts. He uh, his his strokes gained across the board in everything. He had a really really good week, and good luck to him. Um, in the tipping, we only had one person that picked him. One person outright. It's like winning Powerball. Who won? Who picked Billy Horschel? Craft Golf. You pumped him up. You gave him a. You gave him a plug last week, and he's gone and picked Billy Horschel. And with that, he shot up the leaderboard to twenty fifth. He's about ten grand behind me, so I need to get a wriggle on. I'm in twenty fourth. Uh, Rocket, you are in eight. Ooh, top and- ten. And uh, Roscoe, you're in 17th. Uh, Leader is still three-puddle die. Is that Scotty um, Officer Carter? Yep. Three-puddle die, no three-putts. A bit of a theme at the top still. Shermanator up into third. Michael Lloyd, fourth. And Golfer Labyrinth, fifth. Uh, Cameron up there in Sydney. Um, This is where the team starts to really forge ahead and... You know, usurp our authority. Yeah, we've all made significant runs, so I'm expecting more big things as we get to the final stages. Two more majors to go. Uh, who knows? We could we could take next this week. Thing. We could take next this week. thing. Uh, just want to shout out to Will K. Um, I'm sorry. I'm wearing. Uh, well, if you're listening, it won't see it, but I'm wearing a no laying up hoodie, which you can get from Craft Golf. If you go to Craft Golf, you'll see um, Will is the providor of all of the no laying up. Uh, Merchandise that you can get in Australia. I probably mentioned that last week because I pumped it up, but um, he sent me one, um, which I paid for, uh, and a t-shirt and some tees. So I've got it on right now. Uh, it's pretty good, pretty warm in this uh, very cold climate of Melbourne. Uh, Rocket, 
you've got your hoodie on. Um, Magic, you've got your windbreaker on. Um, yeah, Billy Horschel. Tough. He, he should. He should win more. He should. He should feature more. But anyway, isn't it? He was. He look. He was good. He was very good. Um, I was disappointed because I did have a small bet on Minji and Cam Smith both to win. Ouch. And uh, they were offering me a little bit of a cash out on Saturday, which I thought about taking, but you know, whatever. It was a small bet. Um, um, gamble responsibly, of course. No, that's it. It was. It was. It wasn't a big bet. Rocket Billy Ho in your. Uh, I've got to run. Okay. I do. Oh. I do legit have to run. Okay. Rocket's got to take him. Okay. Rocket's out. Um, Rocket, goodbye. See you next week. Remember, subscribe to our Discord channel. Yes. Make sure you're donating to our push-up challenge. Roscoe, I'm a little bit disappointed in what you put in there. I'm punching it out. I am absolutely punching hard. Mm. And make sure everyone shares our podcast and also our YouTube channel. Like, subscribe, comment, everything. Go, everyone. I have, I have, okay. See you, Rocket. Thank you. Yeah, mate. Thanks, everyone. And, and listen to Rocket's, um, yeah, Rocket's, uh, what, what? All the, all the Rocket's radio, a little bit Rocket raw, radio. that one. Uh, did, Rocket's did, radio. Did you get some feedback? Yes. Uh, some nice feedback, actually. Okay, hmm. good. Rocket's radio, you can get it on uh, YouTube. How do, what's your YouTube channel that you can listen to it on? Oh, it's just me. It's just me. Oh, Rodney Heron? Rodney Heron uh, YouTube? Yeah, I share the link on, on my oh, Instagram. On so if they go to Instagram and also if they go to the Discord, no, it's in Rocket's, the Dis- Rocket's rabbit hole. Oh, all the stuff that's keeping us busy. All right, see you, mate. Thank you. Thanks, okay. gentlemen. Uh, Magic, so we've got a date. Have we got a date next Monday? Yep. Okay. Thanks for reminding me. No, no problems. Uh, so Magic and I are going to uh, do um, film, uh, what is it, version two of uh, Mike and... Magic Mike and Roscoe yeah. uh, take on take on the simulator golf. Uh, so if you, it, w- do you know which holes we're playing yet? No. Are we playing the famous? No. No, I don't know anything. Um, so we can work that out. But we'll be playing uh, St Andrews. We'll be doing this as a bit of a prelude into the Open uh, on the full swing golf simulator software. The software is magnificent. Um, can we turn the Can we turn the fan right up so the wind is blowing like it's proper conditions? Yes. Okay. And yeah. can I hit one over the hotel? Yes. Can I hit one into the hotel? Yes. Okay. Okay. I like it. Yeah. So all of that can be achieved. Um, it really is a good good bit of software, good simulator to um to really it's so good to uh, to see the open. So I don't know if we'll play the whole eighteen and condense it down. I don't know if we'll play the three sort of you know tight um you know make or break holes, yeah, you know, which are usually those closing ones. We'll work that out. But uh, Mike and I are going to be filming that, and uh, we might have some guests along board as well. So, um, yeah, looking forward to seeing you on Monday, Mike, down at Big Swing Golf. Um, you can get St. Andrews on the Big Swing uh, software at any Big Swing venue around the country. Uh, if you want more information on that, please let me know. Uh, Mike, is that it? We done? Sort of went, you know, we had a, a mystery caller. We went all around the place. but uh, An hour and 27 minutes we got there in the end. <laughs> the best part was Blakey not sharing the team names and captains, telling us like, he didn't know. And then when we got them, he laughed because he knew them all. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love the fact that we got him. <laughs> uh, Mike Caridi got got him. If it was going to come from anyone, Mike, it's going to be from you because your information is the latest and the greatest. Uh, Mike, thanks very much. We'll see you next week on the Mile of Golf Podcast. It must be late. We'll see you next week on the Mile of Golf Podcast. Uh, and once again, join us in the Discord because that's where all the chat behind the scenes happens. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs>